This is Starbucks Lovers, a Taylor Swift podcast hosted by Maggie Lovett. Welcome to Starbucks Lovers, a Taylor Swift podcast, a podcast that goes through Taylor Swift's entire musical catalog chronologically. This season, we're discussing the beginning of Taylor Swift's career, starting with her self-titled debut album. Today, we'll be discussing three well-known tracks from Taylor's debut album. But before we get to that, I need to introduce you to two very special Starbucks lovers. Joining us today for the first time is Emma from the forthcoming podcast, The Kryptonian, The Princess, and The Avenger, and Kelsey from 1883 Magazine and Gigwise, where she writes The Story of Us, a column about Taylor Swift. Welcome. Thank you. I'm so excited that we're doing this. So glad to have both of you. So since this is your first time on Starbucks Lovers, I love to know about your Taylor Swift story. So Emma, when did you first become a Taylor Swift fan? I was trying to remember uh, the actual year and I guess the debut album came out in 2006 in the fall of 2006, which would have been my grade nine year start of high school. And my dad worked before he retired, worked for CTV, which is a big broadcasting network in Canada. And they had this table of full of like PR stuff and other miscellaneous things that they were clearing out of the studio and things like that. Um, that was, you know, free to a good home. And he saw the debut album and he was like, oh my God, like this cover art is so beautiful. Like my 13 year old daughter will love this. I think it's really special that I was like, you know, 13 turning 14 (laughs) when this happened. Uh, And I think it might've been a little bit ahead of the release. I, I am really fuzzy on it now. It's been I don't even know how many years. I'm not even going to try to do the math. And so I wasn't ever really into country, but I was like, you know what? I'm going to listen to it because I found a bunch of other cool artists this way. And I listened to it one time and I was hooked, absolutely hooked. And uh, the kids at school thought I was so weird and not cool for listening to country (laughs) music. They were like, what is this? And I was like, okay. And then when Fearless came out, suddenly everyone was a fan. Oh, yeah. So not to be not to be that girl, but I was that girl. Um, so you like Taylor Swift before Taylor Swift was cool. I mean, at the risk of sounding exactly how I am, yes. <laughs> I love that. And Kelsey, when did you get into Taylor Swift? So around the debut, I think it was a few months after. Um, I was also 13, turning 14, around that those formative years where mm-hmm. I feel like you just grasp onto any sort of like messaging that resonates with you and oh my god that's so deep I've never been through anything in my life but I so relate <laughs> exactly you're like wow I have experienced so much heartbreak in my 13 slash 14 this this is gonna really gonna get me through it um oh. and yeah my friend um my friend and I we were like again not to be that girl but like we were pretty shy and like you know like meek and and I feel like both of us just I don't know really resonated with her so she my friend showed me um the debut and yeah it's basically been history ever since I've been a a fan ever ever since and yeah (laughs) um but is Taylor Swift your favorite album or is there another album that you're interested in I for me like I was trying to think I was trying to think about this and I I have this problem where I can't ever choose a favorite because it's really it it comes down to being really circumstantial for me Mm -hmm. so like you know what I mean? Like what I, you know what I mean? Like what I'm going through at that Mm -hmm. time and like how meaningful the songs are in that respect. Um, like there are four that are like really big for me. Um, I I guess five. See, this is the problem. Like I can't choose a favorite (laughs) because it's very like, like I said, it's so circumstantial, but right now, um, it sort of floats between, um, 1989 lover and folklore, Um, So 1989 came out in 2014, which is when I was going through, oh, I was going through it. (laughs) And Lover came out right as I got married. And so Lover is actually my wedding song. Oh my gosh, um, I love that so much. Yeah, I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm like emotional thinking about it because like every time it comes on, like my husband gets teary too. And I'm just like, oh, this is so cute. And then obviously folklore, like 2020 was just hit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then it's just like, here, I'm going to pull a Beyonce, have a secret album I've been working on this whole year. And then, oh my God, just kidding. Have a second album that I've been working on this year. <laughs> Um, she didn't have a lot going on. Uh, not a lot going on at all. Um, so that's that's sort of 
you know, those big three for me. Um, mm -hmm. I, I feel bad because I'm like, what if the other albums here that I didn't choose them as my favorite and then they'll be sad. It yeah. was a problem I've had since I was a kid. But, it's, uh, it's so interesting how like Taylor Swift music can be so circumstantial. Cause I, I know for me, reputation is my favorite because that was the first album that like, I was going through a lot of stuff where like, I felt like I had died and been reborn again as like a different person because of like things going on in my personal life. And that album just like resonates with me in a way that the other music like had never resonated before. But I'm curious which album resonated with you, Kelsey. <laughs> again, very, very hard. Very, very <laughs> Yeah, it's just it's it's honestly like picking a favorite child because like it again, really is like 1989 like so that came out when was it, October March yeah. of that year like I went through like my first breakup so like oh. Oh, no. yeah I bet clean hit you like a ton of bricks not gonna like clean when I when I first heard <laughs> that I was like oh. <laughs> there and then there's that quote that she wrote like talked about with clean and how like. She came out of a store one day after being in London and realized that like she was completely over him. And I was like, wow, one day that'll be me, girl. One day that'll be me. Um yeah, so 1989, very special. Reputation is very special to me because that's like the tour that I met her on. And like that oh was like King of My Heart is like the song that like we were oh, picked yeah. during during so like I have a tattoo for King of My Heart. Like that's so oh I love that so much. That album has a very like special, you know, meaning behind it. Like red and then like fearless and then i really love evermore so it's, listen it's hard how, it, how do you choose and like i i i saw that you said oh yeah like red is my favorite and i was like oh 2012 was it's a hard. rough I'm year and like that album came out and i remember that was the first um that was the first tour like in a row that i hadn't been able to see her because i i did the fearless tour and speak now tour and number one, the tickets sold out in two seconds, two seconds. And then um, what What was the real issue was that it was the same day as my best friend's wedding that I was a bridesmaid in. So I was like, I hope you understand what it means for me to be here right now when I can hear the Sky Dome right now oh, from this wedding venue. <laughs> so hard. It's honestly, it's like picking a child. It really um, is. And now I'm going to come at both of you with another really hard question. Emma, what are your top five tracks? Couldn't, couldn't even if I wanted to. I, it, it like I said, it comes down to like a really, um, once again, circumstantial thing. So like, no, I, like, I, I, I've always said this, no one writes a breakup song like Taylor Swift and John Mayer. And then they wrote a breakup song about each other. And I didn't know what to do with that information. <laughs> um, I was really like, oh, John, what a dick. And then I was like, I mean, Paper Doll. I mean, that that sounds about right also. Um, but right now, just like people talking about it, there's been on TikTok. Um, I know I am an old, but I am on TikTok. Oh, but... I love TikTok, especially Swift Talk. We'll get to that during the I was going to say, I'm, I'm not as much into it as I, as I probably could be, but there's this audio going around that's the, just the vocals on All Too Well. Oh, yes. And so like that, just every once in a while, like unbidden, it's like... You call me up again just to break me like a promise. And I'm like, that is how it how it how it how it is though. That's exactly how mm -hmm. it feels, you know? And so like it's like every once in a while, like it just comes unbidden to my head. So that's what's like really stuck in my teeth right now when it comes to Taylor Swift. Um, but the other one that like I find myself still crying in the shower to when I listen to I because I mean, have you listened to a Taylor Swift album if you haven't cried to it in the shower? I don't think so. No. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I said when folklore came out I was like this is my new shower cry <laughs> um is exile because that's my favorite from the album there's just oh god and like that bridge oh boy like, thank you Joe Alwyn <laughs> listen and I mean yeah and then yeah I was gonna say like I watched it and she's like oh yeah like you know Joe had this idea for a song and I was like oh boy Thank you, William Bowery. <laughs> right? So. And I mean, and, and having, you know, like, Bonnie Vare on the album. Right. Oh. To, like, write with her and sing with her and, like, their besties, you know? And I was like, oh, I bet this is going to make all of those indie hipster guys so mad. And that <laughs> is 
deeply pleasing to me. It brings uh, me great joy. Right? My favorite thing in the entire world. Like I was reading think pieces after it came out and like the men on Reddit were not happy. They and, were so mad. And I was so happy. I, I, I actually wrote a tweet. I was like, I'm so happy that anytime a guy that has like me over, you know, we'll, he'll have to associate Taylor Swift with Bonnie Bear because like, you know, like their album with, oh my God, what, what is it called? Is there any, the band that's coming out with tracks with her on it? Oh, oh uh, that's the, the guy. It's the other one. It is, it's Red, Red It's Red something. Big, big Red Machine. Big Red Machine. Yes. Yeah. Um, yes. So it, yeah, they're just, they're stuck. They're literally stuck with Taylor Swift. Therefore they're stuck with me. And that brings me great joy. Well, and it's like, you, now you have to, you have to give her the cred now. Exactly. Yeah. Because exactly. she did a totally stripped down album. You know, and uh, here she is in all her talent with with your boy Justin Vernon, and uh, <laughs> stay mad, I guess. <laughs> like, but yeah, that 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 song on that album, just like I, when it first came out, I was I was watching Smallville for the first time all the way through. <laughs> oh, I love that. <laughs> and so, but then I mean, like, my tears ricochet is like really low key about Lex and Clark, um, <laughs> and she said this in the special she didn't use their names but there's no proof that she wasn't also watching smallville when she wrote i this love album. this conspiracy theory and and i mean i have a lot of theories about dawson's creek too but i i remember listening to it and just like like sobbing in the shower being like oh my god like did your tears ricochet they they did along with the shower water but it's like it, it was like she was opening you know what I mean like opening up all of these things mm -hmm. that like making me think about a person I hadn't thought about in like five years and I was like screw you day honestly so that, that's where that's that's where that's where I'm at with with favorite song is uh between uh all too well and exile for sure now, Kelsey, you mentioned King of My Heart. So is that on your top five or do you have a different top five? So I feel like, again, there are different <laughs> layers. Yes. To me, there's, there's like my favorites that like mean a lot to me. I, mm -hmm. I actually didn't even write King of My Heart down in, in the show notes, which is funny. But like I, I put like King of My Heart all too well. Like I don't even bother saying those. Those are just like given. Yes, no. I mean, yeah. if you don't love that song, you don't have a soul. Like exactly so so the ones that i i put down come back be here because i was in a yep. long distance relationship at one point and i'm like oh god uh, oh. so it goes which is the most slept on song it's on so good movie. and i think it's it's got really a good it's got yeah. a good like like root in it like yeah. it's uh like there's something really visceral visceral it's about it it's 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 very cinematic to me oh for yeah. sure cowboy like me i love which I didn't like at first. Not that I didn't like it, I just skipped it. And then I read like more about it and like she, she was writing about like these two like fugitives that were like, you know, and then I just, I just basically ate into that and I was like, oh yeah. This Bonnie is and Clyde. Where is the movie to go along with the song? Like I'm exactly. ready to write it. <laughs> exactly. Get Let her write it. <laughs> um, out of the woods again. Oh Classic. yeah. Jack Antonoff, we bow down to you. And then the way I loved you has just always been a fave. Oh man. Oh boy. If that is not a great, you just know, so litmus powerful. test for young love, right? Don't like, yes. oh, it's so good. <laughs> and then getting back to the debut album, Emma, what is your favorite track from Taylor Swift's very first album? Um, so embarrassingly, teardrops on my guitar. And the reason for that is that like all through middle school, I was in love with my guy best friend. Oh no. Um, and if he somehow ever hears this, hope you're doing great. <laughs> um, and so I just remember like that unrequited love vibe, like was my jam in high school. Like when I was a, you know what I mean? When I was really young and I always just like identified with it. And I remember, Oh God, this is so embarrassing. I was it. I obviously did, I did vocal music through um, high school and I actually sang it for a playing test when I was oh. in grade nine. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> I like found <laughs> the only two other people who were open to doing a Taylor. And we sort of like, did we had to do you know music -y things to it with like 
harmonies and whatever else. But um, every time I, like when I think of the debut album, I think of that like really tacky music video with Tyler Hilton and mm-hmm. um, who, whom I didn't know who he was until later because I didn't watch One Tree Hill until I was in university. And like, she's like lying on her bed and she's got like the jewels on her face mm-hmm. and like her guitar that she's not playing. She's it's just so lying weird. with it on her bed in a ball gown, like a prom dress. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like Early Taylor Swift prom dress ball gown vibes was 100%. <laughs> just like the aesthetic for me at age 14. Um, so yeah, that's that's my favorite on the album. I mean, there, I mean, we're gonna talk about a couple a couple good yes. ones, but yes. um, that's, when I think of the album, that's that's the one that comes to mind. Excellent. And then Kelsey, which one is your favorite? I wrote down Tied Together With A Smile, but I think it also could have been I'm Only Me When I'm With You, because I feel like that's just so, such a like call to arms mm-hmm. song. Um, yeah. Tied Together With A Smile, I think is, so um introspective and she's like writing it about a friend and i felt that you know like i was like yeah, like you, you know, know the chorus um is just insane like i don't know how she literally i don't know how she wrote it like when she was 14 15 it's it's so deep it's so it's just incredible it's literally incredible i don't really have like a strong emotional connection to it i guess because i don't i don't feel like i went through the thing in the song but i think just i resonated with her wanting to like help her friend and like for know, sure. ease the pain of her friend. And that's that's really why it's my favorite. I love that. Uh, and now let's get into some recent Taylor Swift news. Uh, now this is just like purely juicy gossip, but with the whole like Carrie Underwood drama earlier this week, um, you know, revealing herself to be a bit of an anti-vaxxer, uh, which I don't think anybody should be really truly surprised by that. But people <laughs> have been talking about the fact that there is allegedly an unreleased diss track that Taylor wrote about Carrie. Uh, and they have been beefing since like 2013. Uh, if my mer- memory serves correctly, it might have been like 2014. But I know that it like came back up in like 2017, 2018 at like one of the country music award shows. So yeah, I would really like that diss track to be on uh, one of the re-records. I think that it needs to happen. <laughs> I, you know what? I I have to be honest, I, I didn't even know they were beefing. This yeah, is because I don't know anything about the country music scene. Yeah, I don't know anything. It had to do about like the whole like being the blonde country mm-hmm. phase. There and, can like, be only one. In 2017, like in country Brad, music. Brad Paisley yeah. said something shady about Taylor Swift because he's big buds with Carrie Underwood. Which is not cute. Like Taylor is it's a not, kid. I, like, I, you know, know? I was gonna say I remember at an award show when they were hosting Brad Paisley mm-hmm. and Carrie Underwood and it was the two of them and I think Taylor won a bunch of awards and then Carrie was like well and back to us like look at how great we did like yeah. we killed this and I'm like she's literally like 18. A child. <laughs> Chill. <laughs> it's not a cute look like you need to relax. Yes but I am desperate for that diss track just you know, for some good irony, some good glory. Um, but speaking of the re-records, everyone is like so hyped up about the prospect of the whole 10 minute all too well, which has a hashtag. And I believe it is the only song that currently has a hashtag on Twitter that has a little emoji after it. Oh God. Uh, but <laughs> as of this recording, Taylor has not released it yet, yet, but there are some very Soon. serious rumors uh, going around on TikTok uh, that people think that she is going to release it on September 13th, which is a Monday, which would be a weird day to release a track. She usually does the Thursday night, Friday morning thing. But, but the 13th, though. But we know she loves the 13th. And people have this theory that she's going to announce it on the 9th and then it'll be out like Monday morning. I don't know. I don't know if I fully believe it, but I do think it is coming because she did join TikTok two days ago as of this recording. Uh, I and saw. she is posted two videos uh she hasn't posted one yet today but i'm sure she will because i feel like she's doing it like one every day because she's you know counting down to something yeah um but it's really fun to see her on a social media because as we all know fans kind of ran her off of twitter and then fans kind of ran her off of tumblr and now she's on tiktok so behave tiktok please um and i i will laugh a lot of people were like <laughs> super afraid that now taylor is going to see their uh you know, they're t-shirts of Loki and 
their Jake Gyllenhaal pictures and she's going to judge them, which I think is super funny. And I've also noticed a sudden resurgence of people posting about Hiddle Swift on TikTok. I've noticed her too. Is intentional and I kind of love it. Listen, <laughs> I mean, there are worse songs to have written about you than Getaway Getaway Car is the best. I said that on the last episode because we recorded it right after Loki ended. I was like, honestly, he got the best. And I don't think anyone, I don't think anyone was under, anyone involved was under the impression that it was anything more than a rebound after. No. And you know, Met Gala is coming up again. I'm just saying, like, oh. we'll be reliving the Met Gala vibes. Love I'm always here for that. What stresses oh. me out about her being on TikTok is it's just another platform where we need to psychoanalyze everything <laughs> she does. That's like, I'm like, thing. I'm really excited that she's on it because I love getting like a little insight into like how much of a dork she is. Mm -hmm. I'm also like, please, I don't want to have to like count the number of whatever on your shirt or you know what I mean? It's and like, like okay, so she posted the video about being a cat mom and it was talking about like two, like the numbers two and three. And I was instantly like, please Taylor, stop. This like, is the holes in the fence all over again. Please stop. Um, but also I cracked up because she commented under Charlie Puth's like comment that she's been lurking for a while. Oh um, God. Uh, yeah. And also I think Charlie Puth is like one of the funniest people to follow on TikTok. <laughs> He's very funny. He's, He's very chaotic. I love it. So chaotic. Um, so I kind of love thinking that, that Taylor's been lurking all of quarantine watching his chaos videos. He's actually um, one of the first things she said to me when I walked into rep room was, I know you, I know your face. She's always lurking always lurking it so terrifies me like you don't know <laughs> truly I, one, one of my one of my friends from um that i worked with um at the lingerie store uh when i was in university she got invited to the lover listening party and like flew down oh. to nashville and like it was this whole thing and i was just like oh my god and she's like i asked her about it i was like what what was it like she's like she actually she cares she knows about people yeah. like if you tell her your like twitter handle or your Insta, she will be like oh yeah like and that to me i'm just like man i very briefly tried to do the whole taylor notice me thing on tumblr after rep tour because uh, i was like super super high on rep tour and like looking for something to obsess about but i couldn't the way that people like work so hard to get her to notice like the amount of times they read like reblog their stuff and tag her i was like i can't do this i'm just gonna i'm okay if taylor never knows who i am, <laughs> I, am okay. I know who she is and that's what counts exactly <laughs> i love um, her social relationship that's fine yeah exactly um which i guess is a great segue into the songs of the month uh, so we are talking about Stay Beautiful, Should Have Said No, and Mary's song. So first up, uh, Stay Beautiful is the eighth track on the album. Uh, it was written by Taylor Swift and Liz Rose, and the song is four minutes long. Now we've heard her sing about Drew looking at her, but now we have Corey's eyes. Uh, this track delves into high school relationships uh, that won't go anywhere, but should still be fun while they last. Uh, now, when I was re-listening to this, I was instantly drawn to the lyrics, if you and I are a story that never gets told. And, you know, maybe I'm crazy, but when I was listening to this track, it instantly made me think of the one. Because it has that same kind of like, what we had was really fun. It was really good. Like, if some things were different, maybe we'd still be together. Uh, and I think that's such a, a great kind of place to think of when you're in high school like I never really dated when I was in high school but like I know these like these themes really resonated with me because you like people and you you don't really fall out too bad in high school because there's not as high stakes like obviously breakups are terrible but like you can still mm -hmm. hold on to the good parts of it and the things that like you grow from and like learn from but what were both of you thinking about when you were re-listening re to the song I um I had to I I had to listen to it because the only thing I could think of was the chorus, um, mm -hmm. which is I mean again like my favorite part of the song because like it's such an earworm, it like really just gets in there, um, and also just like that really distinct vibe of like that that feeling of like crushing on someone that you know you're never gonna get a chance with. They are like mm -hmm. you know what I mean, especially that like she goes into it a little bit with like you belong with me where it's like you know the golden the golden sun 
and you know this guy that's so great and he's going places and he's got but like oh he'll never notice and you know whatever else it really captures that vibe of like like you were saying like the the high school type feelings um mm-hmm. i did date a lot in high school <laughs> um <Can't relate. laughs> It's uh, it, it's definitely one of those songs where you're like, yeah, like she, you know, is crushing on this guy. And I think it's really like I, I was saying, you know, in the notes, like it really shows like how much she's grown with her songwriting, because like I have to be honest, like Corey's eyes are like the jungle. What does that mean, Taylor? Taylor, what does that mean? Are they green? Are they mysterious? Like, Can what you get lost mean? in them? Like, I don't know. What does that mean? And so, like, for me, like, lyrically, this isn't, like, one of my favorites, just in the sense that, like, it's more, it's, like, no thoughts, just vibes, rather than, mm-hmm. um, you know, really catching you with um, the great wordplay that she does in a lot of her sound- songwriting. And, like, this song is really country. Really oh, yeah. country. Which is fine. It's, like, not really my jam these days. Um, I just find it, I'm, like, yeah, I just it's I can't I can't get into it I can't get in sync with it but definitely like really good nostalgia feelings listening to it for sure and I always say that like when I was a teenager like my job was to clean the bathroom on Saturdays (laughs) and this is the album that I, I would I had this little cd player the cd player was like this big and I would just blast it just like those speakers were destroyed it was all crackly and like I so I have like really like fond memories of singing along to it mm-hmm. but it's not one that like you know hits super hard for me but yeah I, I liked listening to it again because I, I I don't often revisit the debut album simply simply because it it feels young which is which is good at the time um but for me now I'm just like I I unfortunately no longer identify with a lot of these feelings. You mean but to I, me you're not still a high schooler? <laughs> no, I know. But you know what I mean? Like I, I remember what that feeling was like, but I don't mm-hmm. feel it anymore. And so that is sort of why it's hard for me to revisit these just like, you know what I want to listen to? I'm going to listen to Taylor Swift's debut album, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, but like this song is fun. Just not like it's... It's not a, a grab ya one, you know? Yes. And what about you, Kelsey? How was the revisit for you? It was it was good. Kind of like going off of what Emma just said. I think there's something to be said about like this album grabbing everybody's attention when we were at mm-hmm. that age and like us growing with her. Like, cause I, yeah. I don't really go back to the debut very often. No. Um, just cause the tw- I, I'm not, I was never really big into country either. Um, no. And this, I was this, not. Song, this song is like a perfect example of her country twang. Like, that's yeah, like, it's like it's like really twangy on the ends of phrases and stuff. I'm like, oh, hon. <laughs> and she it's, was she was still a kid, right? So and she's from and she's like from there, so it's not like no, inauthentic. she's from Pennsylvania. <laughs> oh yeah, what, she is. Isn't she? She's from Pennsylvania. That's what's so funny to me about her country twang is because it's like somebody from Pennsylvania, which admittedly has an accent, but not a country accent. Fair enough. A Nashville accent. I I forget that. She she's not from Tennessee she's not uh it's so funny but yeah so twangy it's so twangy and again it's not yeah it's not really something that I go back to but I I appreciate it for what it was because it does it like there's a reason why we're all still fans right like that was an album that really 100% and and we we resonated with with something and even if we don't resonate with it now we can kind of look back on you know those high school feelings and 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 remember how it felt and exactly. go thank god i am no longer 14. <laughs> yeah and i feel i'm so excited to hear what it's going to sound like with like her mature vocals now like, right are we, are we i was thinking about that too to, like, pop back to the debut and be like the, the be- debut was our favorite album like it's is the- there going to be vault songs for the debut yeah I mean, there's a tremendous number of songs that did terrifying. not end up on this like especially like, like, with liz rose like it's going to be insane there's like 30 or 40 songs that were written before this that theoretically could end up in the vault. And my Lord biggest question is, will she do the twang or are we going to get this Taylor that's been living in London for like four years, which has this little bit of a, a British accent going on sometimes. Like elongated vowels, mm-hmm. like 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 open open accent rather than 
twanging accent. Yeah. Yes. I feel like she would will probably just allow it to sound how she just sounds She's, now. Because I feel yes. like people would just be like, girl, stop. Stop. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah. like I already feel that way sometimes with this album in particular because I know that's 100%. not her accent, and I'm like, baby girl, what were she you was doing? trying to she was trying to sell, you know, she, she was, was trying to, she knew her market, she knew that niche, that Nashville vibe. She was um, trying to she was trying to break in amongst you know the thousand other people putting blondes. on the Nashville accent. Now I love that you pointed out the secret message, Kelsey. <laughs> I love the secret messages. I literally live for them. I feel like that was another thing that, like, as soon as you got the album, you went through the booklet and you figured I, out. I had a little notebook. Yep. I write them down. Mm -hmm. Now. I don't do that anymore. Now when she does the whole, like, crossword, I'm like, mm, I'm That's one the young ones that don't have a nine to five job. <laughs> That's my exact thinking. I, I did that for the last fault. I'm not doing it again. <laughs> There's a reason why we are all old and We've been around for this long. We have done our time in Swift Academy. We like have eight albums already. Like I, I will let the young ones on TikTok figure that out. Yeah, they have time. They have time. The ones who don't remember a world before Taylor Swift. Exactly. It's actually yes. scary to me that there are people that are like, oh yeah, I'm 12. I'm like, you weren't even alive when she released this album. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. That's what it's oh. like being, you know, being a teacher. I <laughs> I was like, oh, good. These kids were born the year that I graduated from grade eight. That's fantastic. Oh, I love that. <laughs> um, so next on the album is Should Have Said No, which was written by Taylor Swift and is four minutes and four seconds long. Uh, it was also her second number one single on the Billboard Hot Country and was certified gold by the RIAA, which is the Recording Industry Association of America. According to an interview after the song was released, Taylor said that she was inspired to write it after she discovered her boyfriend had cheated on her. The song is essentially about how the guy should have said no to the girl he cheated on her with. Uh, who remembers the Jonas Brothers burning up tour? Me? I do not. Well, it's not that specific date, but I... I went to some shows. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, this album was performed by Taylor on the tour and is included in the 3D movie and the film's soundtrack. Uh, Taylor also performed it at the 43rd Academy of Country Music Awards. So I love this throwback. And it's so funny because I have gone to this one used bookstore uh, a couple times and like since I started doing the notes for this episode. And every time I go there, there is a new burning up tour like um, tour book that somebody's donated. So apparently everybody's like, oh, I hear the Jonas Brothers are back, but I don't need my burning up tour book anymore. So it's like five sitting in this used bookstore in Virginia if anybody's like desperate. Wow. Um, but it was so funny because like I had not thought of the burning up tour until I did this episode and I was like, oh my God, that's a throwback and a half. Um, but this is such a good song. I really love her like songs where she's mad at a boy. <laughs> They're like kind of my favorite. I really love the lyric where uh, she says, you shouldn't be begging for forgiveness at my feet, which I thought felt like a very clear parallel to White Horse and begging for forgiveness, begging for me, which is on her next album, Fearless. Um, and I love seeing kind of like the lyrical parallels between all of her different albums and where you see that she has very specific themes that she kind of recycles in different phrases that seem very important to her. I know like as a writer myself, obviously in, in book form, not song form, but I did mm -hmm. use to write poetry and I was revisiting some of my own like old poetry and prose. And I found that I used a lot of the same like water references and um, like seashore references and a lot of this old poetry and then I also use that in my like current writing and I was like oh so that's like all writers do this and Taylor Swift does it like so well there's so many through lines between different tracks uh, so I'm curious to know if you either of you picked up any like through lines or really interesting lyrics with this track I yeah I this is sort of like I mean like picture to burn has a different vibe um, it's more of like a jubilant breakup song in the sense that like, she's like, yeah, like, screw you, bud. Like I'm out of here. Whereas this is like, you did something wrong to me and we're done. 
mm-hmm. um it's so cut and dry like he she's not agonizing over taking him back he cheated they're done um and this is i i thought was a really interesting contrast to some of her later work um because later on she realizes the world isn't so black and white um mm-hmm. and so from that standpoint this comes across distinctly naive which i which i think kelsey mentioned for sure that that there's a lot of that vibe on here and like this is one of the this is one of the you know the poppiest tunes on the albums uh, the album i i really like the instrumentals on this like the 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 country country instrumental is not too much it doesn't um outshine taylor's vocals which i think is a problem on stay beautiful um and like the chorus is just so good it hits so good <laughs> oh. that, bridge. that bridge the bridge oh, is and so the bridge good too i mean like like the 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 line where she says i should have been there in the back of your mind like she's not even asking to be on the forefront of his mind there's so many you know? layers to that like so many there's layers. so many like she's just asked like ugh. she's asking to be an afterthought man like she's just asking to be a footnote exactly and I think that that really speaks to the way Taylor saw herself when she was writing this album versus the way she sees herself writing later albums because she won't like, like I said, she realizes everything isn't so black and white, but also she knows what she deserves. Whereas here it's just kind of like, like she's saying, I you know, like this is all happening. You shouldn't be begging for forgiveness at my feet. I shouldn't be asking myself why or whatever. But like at the same time, it's kind of like, yeah, like she's asking just to be a footnote, you know? And the first time I saw Taylor live was the Fearless tour. And uh, (laughs) we all know who she was singing this song about at that point. (laughs) And I like, I mean, she is really a spectacle to be honest, but this song, yeah, it just hits, it hits even even now like have i ever been cheated on no but if i was <laughs> you know like this is very distinct like you know scorched earth vibes which she really you know sunk her teeth into in reputation and i mean like we all know this guy we all know this guy. Like, even if he didn't cheat on you, like, you know the guy that is, like, you know, messing up and saying, like, I'll change, I'll change, I'm so sorry, like, it was a mistake. Like, well, I mean, what was a mistake was staying. Like, the whole line where she's, like, should have said no, should have gone home. Like, literally should have removed yourself from the situation. Like, don't be in that situation in the first place. And then you, you know, wouldn't have to have said no at all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I it hits so good. So, so good. Something you just said about, you know, how this, not just looking at it as Taylor, but looking at it as the protagonist in the song. Yeah. And how the protagonist views herself as like, I should have at least been in like the, the deep background of your thoughts. Like when this was happening, for some reason made me think of Tolerate It. Oh, and like God, if this protagonist, like this protagonist grows into the tolerated protagonist, oh, God. where you just like internalize that, like, well, I deserve this. Like, this is like clearly I'm not even worth like thinking about. I just tolerate it. It's so interesting. Such, such, I, you know what? Comparison. That didn't even occur to me. And oh boy, do you have a point there? Cause you know, that song, it's very much like, look at me doing this dance for you, more or less. Mm-hmm. And, and you just and you just tell you just tolerate it you know i know my love should be appreciated but you tolerate it yeah. oh boy it's differently doesn't it ah oh, i'm gonna have to i'm gonna have to let that one marinate a little yeah, bit that's a lot. <laughs> uh, now you have a mashup from the rep tour which i remember this this mashup was so good it, i just watched the video it's it's out good. Of experience, honestly <laughs> so i should have said no with bad blood so i feel like Obviously, Bad Blood was more about, like, friends screwing over, you know, Taylor and, and should have said no was more about a guy. But clearly, there are some threads being connected here. 100%. Such, such a good song, song mashup. Just the power behind both of those tracks. I, I feel like there isn't... I feel like I don't feel like that between any other song besides maybe, like, Better Than Revenge, which also mm-hmm. is, like so good it's so powerful i know people are like oh it's a bit slut shamey but i'm like, it is a little and like it's it, a mom. yeah i was gonna say it's it's one of those things where i'm like when that song came out i was like 
hell yeah. And now I listen to it and I'm like, Ooh. oh, it was <laughs> Joe that made the mistake here. There's a TikTok going on right now that I saw the other day and it's like, I'm a better than revenge apologist first and a feminist second. And I'm like, that's really me. <laughs> I feel that so much because I love that song. Oh, good. And I'm wondering how she's going to record it. Well, it's it's that similar, like, you know, um, obviously the song Misery Business by mm-hmm. Paramore. Um, mm-hmm. Haley, Haley doesn't perform it anymore. And the reason for that is that she's like, that's not who I am anymore. Yeah. And I feel, and part of me feels. still a power ballad. <laughs> oh, it is. It really is. No one can deny that. But um, I think I think that's something that, you know, Taylor might have to revisit in herself as mm-hmm. well, because mm-hmm. um, as much as I love her, that was also not a cute look. She's, she's come out and said stuff, though. I think it yeah. was during 1989 where she said, mm-hmm. that's like when you think people can, you know, people are actually can take other people from you when that is not a thing. People go willingly. Yeah, 100%. Beautiful. Yeah, and it's, you know, the thing is, is that we literally got to grow up with Taylor Swift mm-hmm. and yeah. her evolution as a person. and let's be real we all felt that way when we were in high school 100 percent. that's there what i mean there was always that girl that was stealing your guy and it's like nobody was being stolen but that's mm-hmm. that's not how it feels in the up. moment when yeah. you're 13 and then you grow up and you're like eh, yeah they just weren't right for me and they moved on wherever they were wanted and exactly you know, it's, it's just it's, it's fun it's to see the evolution yeah it's an interesting thread to pull at though in in regards to like the evolution between this and then on to something better, like mm-hmm. better than revenge, because like better than revenge is like pretty explicit <laughs> as far as visuals, details. Like, yeah, like she went girl. there. Well, something, and then something that I kind of connected. Obviously, very very different tone, but I was like, should have said no. Better than revenge. I forgot you existed. I feel like that's yes. yes. growth. Like that. Obviously, there's not a direct correlation there, but I feel like that's Taylor being like, oh. You wronged me. I'm just gonna move on. I have like yeah. better things to worry about, and it's I like. Have... I thought it would kill me, but it didn't. It didn't. It literally didn't. And I'm making bops, and I don't even need to make bops about like angry, how angry I am in regards to men or friends or whatever. It's yeah. There's this. Sorry, there's this TikToker that's been making these hilarious videos as like Taylor's ex-boyfriends listening to the albums and listening oh to the tracks my God. about them. I just and saw the Calvin Harris one. The oh, Calvin God, Harris so one killed me because like all the other ones were like funny because like it was like John Mayer being like, oh, hmm, this is about me. <laughs> Dear John could be about anybody. Um, <laughs> but, hey, John. but the Calvin Harris one cracked me up because he was like, it was not obviously really him. It's, it's this girl pretending to be him, but like oh, okay yeah this song's are... about me and then not another one of these songs is about me <laughs> like how, except you, for the... how are you like taylor swift's public boyfriend like where you go to award shows with her like you're with her for over two years and like you get one single song you're like and literally it's... a blip like tom hiddleston had more songs about him. <laughs> i mean cruel summer is technically about tom hiddleston if we really want to get into it because is it really if you huh. connect if you connect the lyrics in getaway car to cruel perfect. summer yeah. it flows perfectly it's that like that combination that tracks i yeah you know like i i've been i've been out of the conspiracy game too long maggie <laughs> oh i'm always on it especially when it revolves around hiddle swift like that is that was my my niche it was so cute it was i a liked moment. it, it and i moment. knew i knew it was a rebound i was like you know what? it's not gonna last long but it's nice to look at it's fine so yeah, growing up I mean, for me is going from Taylor, like a Haler stand, to go, go turning into a Hiddle Swift stand. Like I was like so like gung ho for Harry and Taylor, and now I'm, I like, did like Harry and Taylor I together love Taylor too, too, though. But now I'm like, oh, Hiddle Swift was a vibe. Like it was. Like, yeah, I mean, like, who doesn't want like whirlwind summer romance with Loki to all of these like beautiful like dining like, locations, like literally eaten, educated. <laughs> yeah, like. <laughs> I mean, a romance novel fodder is all I'm it saying. It really is. I mean, it was I mean, Wattpad ro- fodder. <laughs> I mean, listen, ro- romance is not really my thing as far as genres go, but I feel like I feel like there's something there, like an American pop star and a British movie star. I feel like there's something there, you know? Yeah. Uh, and then moving into the humble romance of Mary's song, Oh My, My, My. Uh, 
finally today, it is the song that was written by Taylor, Liz Rose, and Brian Mayer. Uh, the track is only three minutes and 35 seconds long. Taylor was inspired by the love story of her next door neighbors. They were an older couple that had known each other since they were kids. And they had told Taylor about how they met, which sparked this track. In an interview, Taylor said, I thought it was so sweet because you can go to the grocery store and read the tabloids and see who's breaking up and cheating on each other and just listen to some of my songs. But it was really comforting to know that all I had to do was go home and look next door to see a perfect example of forever. Uh, and as somebody who grew up in a small town, I really love the aesthetics and the imagery that she presents in the song. Um, I always really love the lyrics, like take me back when our world was one block wide, uh, which not only like matches the, the feeling of living in a small town where it's like, you know, only a couple stop signs, uh, but also the idea of when you're young and you only really go about a block from your house and the world seems really big, but the place where you live feels really small. Uh, and I kind of like just that imagery that she was playing with, with that lyric. And um, I'm also surprised that, you know, speaking of movies that nobody has turned this into a movie, um, especially like a Hallmark movie, because the lyric, uh, I'll be 87, you'll be 89. I'll still look at you like the stars that shine feels like something you would hear on a Hallmark movie at Christmas time. Like it's the perfect song. <laughs> um, but I love it. This is like such like a warm and cozy song. Um, and I love that this is like the first example of Taylor singing about somebody other than herself, which she is really uh, returned back to with her more recent albums. And while I love hearing about her, her boyfriends and her breakups, I think that she is such an incredibly talented lyricist when she is disassociated from the song. Uh, so it's kind of fun to revisit the first one. Yeah, for sure. I That was really my thought as I was listening to this. I was like, this is you know, folklore circa 2006, you know, like mm -hmm. it's, it has, uh, I mean, obviously not vibe wise because it's got a very distinct 2006 vibe, but um, similar threads to, you know, songs like Seven and The Last Great American Dynasty and that song um, on Red uh, about the Kennedys when she was dating a Kennedy and it was about the, the guy that she was dating who was a Kennedy his grandparents or something starlight i think right yeah, yeah it is. I, I, feel, I feel like that's the right one and like you know just this like her you know dreaming about the kind of love that she wants you know looking at these things happening and and like you know what you know watching these stories unfold around her and going you know like that's what i want and that changes with each album it gets a little bit different right but specifically you have you know, like the first, like the, the first time she writes about someone who's not herself again, notably after this is Speak Now, where, you know, she's talking about breaking up a wedding, which is something she's obviously never, I mean, not that to my knowledge, she's ever, you know, Speak Now or Forever Hold You Peace to anybody's wedding. She could have, we don't know. I mean, it seems like something she would do. At that time, yes. Now, definitely not. But it's just like that thread of, you know, watching these other people live a life and wanting that life for herself, I think has, is, is an interesting, like you were saying, like a through line across albums because you have, um, you know, you have Last Great American Dynasty, which is, you know, echoing some of the themes of, you know, the man and, you know, mad woman. And, you know, you've got this sort of like the woman coming in and messing everything up in the man's life, even if that's not even necessarily true. But then you have on the flip side of that, you have these like fairy tale romances like Starlight, like, um, like this tune where she, you know, wants someone to grow old with. She grew up in a small town, so she, and she sings about that a lot. And so I think at this time in her life, that's what she wanted was someone, you know, she's been in love with for her whole life. Um, and, you know, to be with them. And part of me feels like this is the kind of song she would write about someone she grew up with. And then, you know, that she was in love with and whatever. And then you have something like Tis the Damn Season, where mm -hmm. you know she's returning to that every time i'm back in town 
you know, we find each other and like, you know, what are we doing here kind of thing as those leftover feelings from when she was so young and writing this, you know? It's the Taylor Swift who watches Hallmark movies Mm -hmm. of people who leave and go and and do all their cool stuff and they come back to their small town and find their childhood. True love. Yeah, I, for sure, like this, like this tune is, is fantastic. It's, it's mushy. It's, I mean, it's, I, I, I like it more knowing that it's about someone's actual life. Mm -hmm. It's a little bit too sticky for me (laughs) when it comes to, you know, like the ideal, if that makes sense. But like knowing it's about, you know, somebody like somebody actually lived it. It's, it's, it's nice. It it gives it that cozy feeling like you were saying. And then what about for you, Kelsey? I remember reading a quote. I don't remember when it was, but she said, I I basically don't need to be in love in order to write love songs. And I feel like this Mm -hmm. is a perfect example of that. 100%. Such a like insight into her like innocence, into like how she like the narrative structure, the storytelling, like there's a reason why her lyrics always resonate with people. And it's because of that storytelling. She can Mm -hmm. tell an entire life story in a three minute song. You know what just occurred to me? Mine. Yeah, mine as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's like an echo of this, you know, like that uh, George Lucas quote, like it rhymes. It doesn't repeat itself. It rhymes. Mm -hmm. Just as you were saying that, it just like light bulb moment for me um, because it's that storytelling structure of like, you know, starting out like, they meet each other, they go through this, and then they end up together, and then they grow to, grow it's, old together. It's cool to think about, like, obviously this isn't the case, but, like, just her hopping between, like, different times. Like, obviously, Seven is about when she was younger. Um, Mary Song, obviously, is not uh, about her. Yeah. But I just love, I love the thought of those songs, like, being connected, even though, obviously, mm-hmm. they're not. <laughs> mm-hmm. And the secret message for the song is sometimes love is forever, which I think that that's a perfect like segue into fearless because that's fearless is a lot about those ideals and those themes and like what she thinks love is gets torn down torn down and she just kind of like wakes up I feel like with every album she's like opening her eyes a little bit more Mm -hmm. what love is and like even with not on kind of on the same theme but like with red and daylight she always Oh, daylight. Love, I always thought love was was red, but it's actually golden. Like like those wow. kind of things. She's, she's so good at at man. She is. She's so good. I she's the best. I have not thought about that song in a long time. Oh boy. <laughs> Uh, Well, thank you both so much for joining us today. Uh, You've been listening to Starbucks Lovers, the Taylor Swift podcast on the Geeky Waffle. Thank you so much for listening. So where can folks follow you, Emma? You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Leah Hutzler, Hutzler, L-E-I-A-H-U-T-T-S-L-A-Y-E-R. Um, and then of course, um, I do have that podcast launching soon. So hopefully there'll be some news coming on that, um, as well. Um, because there's no content to share. I I won't, I won't share (laughs) that handle with you today, but yeah, that's where you can find me. I do love crying about Taylor Swift and, uh, lots of other things too. So join me. Would love to have you. Excellent. And Kelsey? I am at Kelsey J Barnes on basically everything, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and then my website, KelseyJBarnes.com. Excellent. Well, dear listeners, I'm only me when I'm with you. And next month, I will be singing our song.